What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul, and I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? And we're back with another one of our QB Room episodes, and these ones are the ones that are really getting spicy. Uh, This is honestly probably probably getting to some of the best QB rooms, some of your guys' favorite quarterbacks too. But before I get into that, uh, I quickly, I want to say if you guys have been enjoying this pod or any of the previous episodes, or if you go on to enjoy this one, please leave a like, follow, sub, do what you got to do on your platform to support. We'd appreciate it a lot. And also, if you guys he like hearing us talk and want to hear more takes, go check out our Twitter PDs is at PD34 underscore. Uh, I'm at Real Rahul Potty too. Uh, check out check us out there if you haven't already. And with that being said, let's jump right into the Ravens QB room, obviously led by Lamar Jackson. I'll let you get into his game, PD. Yeah, so Lamar, pretty divisive quarterback. Um, highly controversial because he broke up, broke out at a young age, um, and he's very unique. Um, one of the first guys to be as successful rushing in the style that he is, which is very much um, twitch-based, speed-based, um, at least until recently where he's added a lot of muscle. Um, he's unlike Cam Newton or, or someone like that who won with power and, and velocity. Um, he uses quick twitch and athleticism to win as a runner, um, and he com- combines that with um, extremely strong arm, um, flexibility and just general ability to push the ball over the middle. Um, he plays with good understanding of concepts, decent timing, um, decent anticipation in, in spots. Um, and as a historically great rusher that gives his offenses uh, a much higher floor because of the way that, um, defenses have to react to his rushing threat. They have to play closer to the line of scrimmage, which can open up, uh, passing windows for him further down the field. Um, the only issue with Lamar's game, which has consistently held him back year after year, is the accuracy. Um, again, this year he was below average accuracy. Of course, you have to think about the fact that he's pushing the ball down the field pretty aggressively, one of the most aggressive quarterbacks in terms of um, trying to generate explosive plays. But um, the accuracy does show up on short passes as well as the deep passes. So um, it's something that continues to hold him back and – um, if you were to fix that, he would quickly jump to near the top of this list, um, like he did in 2019, where um, his accuracy on certain difficult passes was extraordinary. Um, but it's difficult to replicate that year over year. And that consistency and accuracy game to game is one of his biggest issues. And then the other issue um, is that he takes quite a few sacks. Um, he is a playmaker. He's aggressively trying to make plays inside and outside the pocket. Um, and he kind of gets punished for that with his sacks, um, high pressure to sack rate. And he kind of generates a ton of his own pressure, um, running into pressure, going deep in the pocket. Um, these are issues that were better this year than last year, but I would still describe them as pretty significant issues. And then the last thing, um, that's going to leave him very low on this list in the context of the quarterback room, um, is the injuries. And he's consistently injured, um, because of, the issue with his size and him being an out of pocket, out of structure playmaker, um, it leads to the effect of different hits being magnified, um, because of his aggressive mindset and and stuff like that. Not necessarily because he's a runner, but because 
he's small and he's a runner. Um, so th- those things together, um, put together, make it a little bit tricky for him to stay healthy. Um, I would also like to see him be better about holding onto the football. He does have uh, an issue with some pretty ugly fumbles, but um, kind of kind of a really strong guy in terms of generating positives for his team. It's just the avoiding the negatives with the occasional ugly turnover-worthy play, uh, and especially the sacks and injuries that are holding his game back. Yeah, I'm going to lead off with the injuries thing because I feel like both me and you have Lamar at face value a lot higher than where we have him right now in terms of QB rooms. And the injuries, the fact of the matter of the injuries really hold him back. And it ties into a lot of what you said. He is, and I guess you could say at this point, an injury-prone type of quarterback because of his play style. I mean, for one, like we said, he runs truly like a running back. I know there's always the joke that Lamar is a running back or whatnot, but when you see his vision, you see the way he cuts, you see the way he reads offensive lines and actually goes through holes, uh, that's exactly what a running back would do. And when we see a lot of the other dominant rushing quarterbacks in the league, aside from maybe a guy like Justin Fields, who I think kind of rushes in a similar way, a lot of your other rushing quarterbacks are either like huge guys who are just going to run you over sort of thing, use their size to just destroy you like a Josh Allen or a Cam Newton back in the day. Or they're guys who are primarily scramblers when the defense is less ex- least expected. They're just going to take off for a bunch of yards and get away with it without taking a big hit like Kyler Murray or maybe even a Daniel Jones. Someone like Lamar is someone who's going to run like a running back, finish their run with contact most of the time. They're gonna. He's going to use his speed and athleticism in the open field to try to break tackles rather than just like slide or go to bounds, which... That's something he's gotten more accustomed to, and he probably will as he goes on his career. Obviously, his career won't be as long as he wants it to if he continues taking these hits. But that fact, along with what PD said, with his ability to play make, honestly, sometimes becomes a hindrance because he's trying to do too much. He breaks the pocket too early a lot of the time, or sometimes he'll run into sacks. All that accumulates into a lot of contact in general. And when you have as small and skinny frame as him, given uh, I agree with you, he did put on a lot of muscle in these last couple of years. But in general, he's still always going to be a smaller frame guy compared to obviously your defensive linemen, your linebackers who are hitting him. So that in itself is going to put him at a high injury risk, especially when he's, I'd still say at this point, even though he rushes a lot less than his 2019 self, he's still a very run-first quarterback, and that has led to him missing like four to five games. Both of the last uh, past two years has kept him out of the playoffs last year, and I think even towards the end of the previous season, he was pretty banged up towards the end of the year. And I think that's a huge thing for for concern because this Ravens team for a couple years in a row has definitely had the potential to do a lot, go far, and has been really good when Lamar Jackson has been in. So it's been a real shame to see him go out and I guess them simply not be able to live to their potential because we saw what they uh, early in in his career, we saw what Lamar could potentially do in the playoffs. He was still kind of getting settled in. I think now he's definitely going to be a much better performer if we do get to see him there. So 
definitely looking to see that from him in uh, seasons moving forward. And in terms of his passing game, one thing that PD brought up that I absolutely agree with is accuracy concerns. I think in 2019, he was just such a dominant rusher that teams purely just went to stop that. And they loaded the box to such an extent that Lamar just had wide open passes left and right. And that's kind of why that his passing game was so, I guess, accurate and dominant at that time. And I will say over the past year or even two, I think he's progressed a lot in his passing game. I think he's realized that the rushing way he was playing early in his career is not something he can do long term. And he's going to have to develop into maybe not even a drop back passer, but someone who can consistently just deliver balls from the pocket or play make and just beat defenses throwing the ball. And with his current accuracy, I'm not sure if that's something he can do consistently. He does have a lot of passes that just simply go over guys or just hit the dirt because his mechanics are a little bit wonky and inconsistent compared to a lot of other guys. That's why out of college, a lot of people doubted if he could play quarterback because he has a little bit of a untraditional short sort of step through and all of that sort of thing. Uh, but aside from that, PD, we could get right into his season last year. Yeah, adding on to something that you said there with um, his development in the past couple of years, he's really tried to master his ability to throw over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, his velocity and flexibility kind of allows him to throw around defensive linemen when he's pushing uh, the ball over the middle of the field in that area. Um, and that is something that he really uses as a weapon uh, to pressure defenses in the areas that they're kind of giving him space because of the way that they have to react to his rushing threat. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting um, how he's able to do that. And one thing we should mention um, when we talk about his game and, like, his past performances, um, the Ravens are very specifically built, or at least in the past they were, um, mm-hmm. to maximize Lamar's rushing threat. So that can kind of lead to his maybe his, maybe his rushing threat being um, a little overstated in, in something like the box score, but um, his passing threat being understated. So um, in the end, I think it, it will eventually converge to the level of players he is in total, um, but just kind of those discrepancies in his game where it's a little understated by the box score and overstated by the box score is something I wanted to touch on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get into his 2022 season, starting with his week one game against the Jets. And I thought Lamar was very good in this one. Um, some very nice runs. He does have a turnover-worthy play with an interception here, but makes up for it with a couple of explosive plays, um, which were very nice. Um, suffers a couple of drops. He does take a couple of sacks because he was holding the ball onto the ball quite a bit in this one. Um, but I didn't think it was enough to take away from how nice those explosive plays were. Um, his accuracy wasn't the greatest in this one. Um, but again, like I said, he was pushing the ball down the field very aggressively. Um, and I think those explosive plays were one of the reasons they ended up winning this game. Yeah, I agree. I thought his performance was very good in this one. And early in this year, I think Lamar did kind of come out with some like 
a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, something improved. Because like we said with the previous year, he did have a great year. He improved his passing tremendously, but there's still a lot of accuracy concerns. In the previous year specifically, there was a lot of concerns about him turning the ball over a lot because he had a career high in interceptions as well as I think a lot of fumbles, I believe. So he kind of came in with a chip on his shoulder, and he absolutely delivered in this one. I think his accuracy was still a bit for concern at this point. Uh, He is a little bit of a rhythm quarterback in that sense, I feel like, when he gets going accuracy-wise. And it seemed he was a little rusty, missing guys. But aside from that, uh, I absolutely agree that the one mistake he made with the interception was overcome by a bunch of explosive plays. Uh, He wasn't really a factor in the run game too much in this one as well. So to me, his biggest biggest contributor here was just attacking the Jets' attacking the Jets deep defensively, which was pretty surprising considering this Jets defense was very good this year, but he was able to kind of take them apart. One pretty impressive touchdown throw to Devin DuVernay early, and then another deep pass to Rashad Bateman really, really set the Ravens apart in this game. And I also agree that he did take a lot of sacks given the lack of pressure they had. And one thing I saw early in Lamar this season, and I feel like he kind of lost it throughout the year, but I really hope he continues to do this as the season go on, go, as next season goes on, is he started to use his athleticism and speed to buy him extra time in the pocket and kind of be uh, a more have more of a pocket presence because obviously with his speed and athleticism, defensive ends are simply not going to be able to keep up with him if he just decides to take off. And one thing I liked seeing out of him this game, and I will say in a couple of other games, is he was able to use that athleticism to kind of force defensive ends who are breaking free to pause in their pass rush, which you normally would not do with any quarterback because, well, they're right in front of you. Why would you? But when he gets that extra second to force them to just pause because he could just take off, it buys him that little bit of extra time he needs to deliver that throw. And I feel like he did that a couple of times in this one. Uh, I feel like not only did he attack deep, but he was also very, very consistent in attacking that middle of the field. And one thing he's always done a great job of, and I think he continued to in this game, was spreading the ball out. Uh, everyone on this on this team touched the ball. And when you really don't have a true... Uh, receiver one, uh, aside from, I guess you could say like a Mark Andrews, but in terms of like his actual wide receivers, you really need to spread the ball out. And I think in a game where the rushing attack, not only with him, but in general was not going too much. He did a great job of just making a bunch of plays to win them this game. So good performance for me. All right, moving on to the next one against Miami. So this one, a little bit of a bizarre game. So it started off on fire for Lamar. Uh, was fantastic on the ground and as a passer early, was barely missing anything. Uh, but it turned definitely for the worse in the second half. Had a very ugly dropped interception that probably should have been a pick six. As well, I think this one was a little bit earlier, but a fumble on the goal line, which was pretty bad, um, would have put them in uh, a touchdown situation. Um, so I thought that was pretty bad. He did take zero sacks in this game, but I thought the mistakes were far outweighed uh, for, or far outweighed the the explosive plays that he was able to generate early on in the game, especially that potential pick six, I thought was one of the worst throws that he made all year. Um, probably in the bottom range of throws by any player this year, it was pretty ugly. 
Um, and then that fumble was pretty costly as well. So, yeah, I think um, the mistakes that he made, despite the fact that he was playing really well early on, um, couldn't overcome it. And I thought this one was just okay. Yeah, and before I jump into this game, I, I want to point out how incredible of a game this was to watch because we were just talking about in the Tua episode. This was a crazy back-and-forth game, huge comeback by the Dolphins. Very, very fun to watch. But a big reason and a big proponent for that comeback from the Dolphins was Lamar Jackson. And I will say my overall review of this game was a little bit more positive than yours because I think the amount of insane plays he made in that first half and even a little bit in that third quarter kind of outweigh the mistakes he made. But this is kind of the issue we've been talking about with Lamar in general, because he was pretty incredible in the passing game outside from that horrible nearly pick six throw, because he was really, really accurate for someone of his accuracy level. He was destroying the Dolphins' defense deep with deep touchdowns to guys like Bateman, deep passes to both Andrews, likely Duvernay. He was tearing them up. And not only that, he was elite in the rushing game as well. He was doing normal Lamar Jackson things where there was designed runs he was destroying the Dolphins' defense with. There were just scrambles. He was running up the middle of the field. There was an incredible, I believe, like 80-yard rushing gain he had, which was just amazing to watch. He just absolutely torched the Dolphins' defense and ran straight by them. But unfortunately, his overall performance is going to go down because of the mistakes he's made. And ever since that 2019 season where the mistakes were not that big of an issue, I feel like the last couple of years that has certainly plagued Lamar the most aside from maybe injuries because those few mistakes are going to cost him heavily. And if we, that pick six happens, uh, I think the narrative completely on this game in the general public switches, or if that fumble, I believe he fumbled at the goal line, but didn't lose it. I think had he lost that, that also completely changes what it was. And to me that those mistakes and to PD as well, those mistakes are just as costly because they should have gone that way. And they were just very lucky to have not gone that way. But because of all the amazing plays he made, I will still make this a good performance, but I am also very, very wary of those mistakes and kind of upset that happened. All right, moving on to the next one. So Lamar is a lot better in this game, I think, against New England. He does have the one interception and turnover-worthy play. Um, and as a passer, he was able to generate some explosive plays down the field, continued to put it, put his foot on the gas pedal. But the reason that this game stood out was him as a rusher, man. He was fantastic on the ground, consistently generating big chunks of yardage, breaking tackles. Um, it was great to watch. And despite the sacks, despite the turnover of the play that he had and the fact that he was holding the ball, I think those explosive plays both in the air and on the ground were enough to make this a very solidly good game for me. Yeah, to me, this is was also a very, very good Lamar type of game. And the reason I say Lamar type of game, because this is the type of way I think he wants to play long term. It's like somewhat sustainable and it's probably the best version of him we can see because it's still him using his rushing ability to work off of in his passing game, but still not abusing it to the extent where he's going to injure himself. Because, yeah, like PD said, he was absolutely incredible in the rushing attack in this one. I think the Patriots with Bill Belichick have always been a team that 
are really good at containing rushing quarterbacks. But Lamar has was just so good in this one that it didn't matter. He was beating them up the middle. He was beating them down the sidelines, getting the edge. He was just too fast for this defense, simply. And it didn't really matter if it was a scramble or it was mostly designed runs in this game. But he was just torching the defense left and right. And that opened up his passing game beautifully he was very accurate in this game I'd say compared to a lot of his games because he had so many people running free because of how lethal he was in the rushing game him and Mark Andrews had an incredible connection in this uh, in this game in general uh two touchdown passes to him as well and because of how much the Patriots were forced to stack the box he was able to attack deep with passes to Bateman, deep passes to even Duvernay, Andrews, and he was still controlling that middle portion of the field, something he's working on even more and more. And the thing I brought up last game, I thought I saw a lot of in this game, which it's still a little concerning that he, despite this, he took four sacks, but he did really use his athleticism and the amount he was destroying the Patriots in the running game to force guys like Matt Judon to pause in their pass rush. And that's why I felt like they weren't as effective and weren't giving him as much pressure as they could have because they're kind of just forced to wait and see, is he going to just take off and have to go run after him or is he going to just throw the ball deep and torches that way? And to me, that's that the thing with that is it's still concerning that he took four sacks because he was not pressured a whole lot in this game because of the way he utilizes athleticism that way. So to still take four sacks is... A, pretty big reason for concern I also agree that that interception he uh threw was pretty much all his fault and could did cost them a little bit but because he made so many other good plays it didn't matter so to me this was a very good performance all right moving on to the next one against Buffalo this one was a rough one man um puts the ball in harm's way twice for two interceptions um and so the passing was pretty ugly he was a good rusher again in this game um does take two sacks which I didn't think were too horrible um but man those interceptions especially the one into the end zone very very bad um ended up really costing them the game I think um and I would say his turnover the plays in this one were the reason that they lost yeah not to spoil a future episode but to me both sides here were a little bit rough I'm not really sure what happened in this game uh, to make the quarterback play so poor from two pretty elite guys for the most part. But yeah, not a huge fan of his game here. And it was especially concerning because typically when Lamar Jackson is not at his best, it's because they've stopped his rushing attack and he can't pass off that. And as a result, he gets locked up. In this one, it was just them simply making a little tweak in halftime the way they're going to play Lamar Jackson, and that absolutely changed the course of this game and absolutely changed the way he was going to play because I think both interceptions happened in that second half when the Bills decided to make a change. I thought Lamar Jackson came out not necessarily hot but came back the same way he was playing the last couple of weeks, which was consistent. He was relatively accurate in this one at that point. Uh, He was hitting his guys, not really going deep, but in that short intermediate range, he was definitely killing guys, and he was really active in the run game, and I felt like in the second half, the Bills came out and decided to just really, really contain his run game and just let the Ravens uh, 
let the Ravens receivers beat their DBs one-on-one or force Lamar to throw guys open, and neither were really able to happen. And that's why it felt like Lamar was so strapped up in that second half. Both those interceptions, which I thought were pretty terrible, happened then. A lot of three and outs in general in that uh, in that half. He was once again taking a lot of pressure, and I think both sacks happened around then as well. It was just kind of a night and day game for Lamar Just that just ended really bad because once the Bills made that little tweak in their game, Lamar's aggression went away completely. He was running around a lot in the pocket, kind of floundering, ruining plays. Uh, it was just a very disappointing performance to end it off. All right, moving on to the next one. So he is better in this game against Cincinnati, but I didn't think it was too much better. Um, the accuracy issues showed up on a few plays where um, he could he missed uh, a couple of easy passes in this one that could have been very impactful. Um, was okay as a rusher. Um, did put the ball in harm's way for a turnover-worthy play um, and wasn't really able to overcome it with a bunch of explosive plays, I didn't think, in this one. He was under a lot of pressure, threw the ball away a lot, um, but... Yeah, I, I didn't think the rhythm of the offense was great and um, him as well, not not too great in this one. Yeah, I suppose I'd agree that he was better than that Bills performance, but uh, I guess there isn't really much worse than that one because that was pretty bad because I'd agree that this game was not another one that wasn't his best. I think he kind of regressed back to the accuracy of those first few games where he was kind of bad. Uh, where he was just missing guys left and right. Uh, it was one of those games where he just simply didn't have his best stuff in terms of throwing the ball uh, accurately and well ball placement or good ball placement. And it really showed in the film because he was just not playing very aggressive. Like PD mentioned, there were no splash plays or chunk plays in this one, primarily because he wasn't going deep. And even the middle of the field, I didn't feel like he was really dominating the intermediate range of the field like he typically would. It felt like a lot of checkdowns, a lot of just quick screens, slants, whatever Lamar could do to get the ball out of his hands. And if he wasn't getting the ball out of his hands immediately, it's because he was just under pressure, floundering around. Doing that thing that we talked about is a big problem with Lamar where he simply bails on the pocket a lot of the time too much and that ruins the timing of the play. Uh, It kind of just wastes downs. Uh, He didn't take too many sacks in this one, but he was still under constant pressure and duress. And that's why a lot of those uh, throws were just to the sideline, making his completion percentage look as bad as it was. Yeah, definitely a very, very... Uh, mid game from him overall because I also didn't think he was too impactful in the rushing game. Uh, he definitely didn't make up for all those mistakes, including that interception, which I thought was pretty bad with big plays in this one. So, very mid or below average performance here. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, I'm going to continue a string of rough passing performances. Um, so Lamar puts the ball in harm's way twice with two interceptable passes and an ugly fumble in this one. Um, was very nice on the ground, broke a ton of tackles, but I didn't think that was enough to overcome his mistakes. Um, also to, took two sacks. Um, yeah, the accuracy, again, this one wasn't wasn't very strong. The rhythm of the offense wasn't the greatest. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say much more other than this was a below Lamar Jackson average performance. Yeah, I have to agree there. Very, very rough performance for Lamar here. And I 
comes back down to the mistakes, like we've been saying. Uh, he obviously had that interception as well as another interceptable worthy throw in my books. And I think he lost. He had two fumbles in this one, one of which we lo- which he lost, uh, which I think everyone saw was very, very costly and bad. Overall, when you have four just turnover-worthy plays like that, it's going to be really, really tough to pull yourself out of that hole and Lamar didn't help himself by making big plays either because once again another week came where he just wasn't aggressive throwing it downfield and I think it's because he was as inaccurate as he was in this one and I think that's where the issue really lies it's when Lamar comes in playing so inaccurate the team simply doesn't trust him to go downfield or make those sort of plays as they should when he's not accurate. It's just simply not possible. And at that point, you're just hoping uh, his checkdowns or short in routes and whatnot, uh, those guys break tackles and make plays. Uh, And I'd say he was relatively impactful again in the rushing attack here, but that was probably his only positive in this one. Once again, took way too much pressure from this Giants defense by simply bailing on the pocket too much or just running into a sack, which is what one of those sacks were. Both, I felt like, were primarily his fault. I really don't think he should be taking as much pressure and as many sacks as he has been with as good of uh, an offensive line as he does. So just all the mistakes, the lack of accuracy is going to culminate to be a bad performance. All right, moving on to the next one against Cleveland. So a little bit of a bizarre game from a passing standpoint. Um, Barely threw the ball in this one, Um, but he was pretty impactful as a rusher. So um, I thought that was good. Um, Not really sure how to evaluate this game from a passing standpoint. He didn't really do much, generated one explosive play. Um, He did take three sacks, so that's going to hurt him in that department, make it closer to average. But um, I think he did a good job on the ground, so this will make this performance okay-ish to me. Yeah, I found this game very weird as well because you rarely see an NFL team in 2023 run the ball 44 times and pass it only 16 times. It kind of felt like watching a team go back in time and run offense like it was in like the 1960s because I'm not really sure what the Ravens were trying here. And I guess I will say a lot of their rushers were very impactful in this one. Uh, not only Lamar, but Edwards, Hill, they were all like pretty good in this game. So I could see why they were running the ball as much as they were. Uh, specifically, Lamar in this case was once again impactful in the rushing game. But he really wasn't asked to do much in the passing game. And I'd say when he was passing the ball, uh, he did attack downfield. He attacked them intermediate range. Uh, in the few attempts he had, he did, uh, you know, attack all facets of the field. But once again, he was pretty inaccurate I think part of the reason they weren't passing the ball as much as they maybe wanted to was because he was missing a lot of throws and he once again took a lot of pressure in this game for only 16 pass attempts having three sacks is actually insane to me uh as well as just it seemed like he was under pressure and duress all game and I think this is where he started to go away from uh, the thing I was talking about just a little bit ago with Lamar using his athleticism to freeze defenders in open space and give him an extra chance to throw or maybe even get out of the pocket to play make. 
I think like Lamar, I think Lamar maybe simply doesn't have the IQ to use that ability as consistently as some of the other mobile quarterbacks are like an Allen or a Mahomes where they're able to force defenders to stop in their path, give them extra time. I think that's something Lamar can do, but he just simply isn't using effectively and it kind of traps him in this cycle of just running around, floundering for his life, taking sacks from time to time, or just throwing the ball away, wasting downs. Uh, I thought that was just a big problem here. So since he didn't do much, but he also didn't really cost his team, I'm going to give this as an okay game. All right, moving on to the next one against Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay was absolutely in a tailspin in this one, but Lamar was okay. Um, He pushed the ball down the field for a couple of explosive plays here and there. Um, overall, they weren't really pushing the ball down the field consistently, um, and he does have a turnover-worthy play with a dropped interception in this one. Um, yeah, overall, I thought he was okay, um, especially as a passer, but he was, again, solidly impactful on the ground, um, so that's going to raise yeah, the level of his performance to decent, I guess. Uh, I was a little bit more optimistic about this performance. I thought he played pretty well, and I also think he did a great job of kind of turning things around. Uh, As we saw from the previous few games, he definitely came into this game in a rut, and I feel like he started off this game as well. A lot of punts from this game early in the, uh, from this Baltimore team early in this first half, simply because Lamar Jackson wasn't really getting anything going with his team. He was once again being quite inaccurate, once again missing just a lot of passes uh, to me, which I thought he should have made. And there was also a little bit of a lack of aggression at that point, which I saw. Uh, a lot of the pressure and those three sacks he took also came in that first half uh, because he was kind of doing the same thing he's been doing. But for whatever reason, I felt like he really locked in in that second half and he did a great job of yeah, he wasn't really attacking downfield, but we saw a new version of Lamar Jackson that can just dink and dunk and beat the uh, defenses. And I saw, uh, I guess, a mental version of Lamar who was actually breaking down this defense, throwing it to the right guy, getting small chunks of yardage, and just leading the team downfield and getting very important drives and very important points to win them this game. Uh, once again, he was somewhat impactful in the rushing game he didn't run the ball a whole lot but when he did he was quite effective so I'll take that once again to me he didn't have an interceptable worthy pass I thought he was pretty clean in this one in terms of that no fumbles as well so I think the clean nature of the game and him turning things around and having a really really strong second half gives this a good performance for me uh, because just I just think he limited the mistakes a lot, and I think this was a good kind of pick-me-up game for him. All right, moving on to the next one in New Orleans, heading into the bye week, and I thought Lamar was good in this one in kind of an untraditional way. So his average as a passer um, has a fumble in the run game, which I thought was kind of bad, um, but was able to generate some explosive plays down the field to make up for the lack of cons- consistency, accuracy, and rhythm in the offense. Um, does take three sacks in this one, but the part that impressed me most um, was his rushing in this one, uh, generating a ton of his yards on his own, breaking a ton of tackles. Um, so I thought that was really impactful, raising the floor of the offense um, with that tackle breaking. Um, and it ended up being a good performance overall for me. 
Yeah, this was kind of like that Browns performance to me where he simply wasn't asked to do much, and it was weird to see a team in 2023 once again run the ball 40 times and pass the ball like about half that amount. So with Lamar Jackson getting asked to do such less in the passing game, naturally he wasn't as impactful in it. And once again, even in a short amount of time, he was relatively inaccurate for uh, the amount of times he passed and once again took a whole lot of sacks. I actually didn't think the Saints uh, defense was pressuring them a whole lot. And in only 22 drop back or pass attempts, it's kind of wild to have three sacks. Uh, but aside from that, I didn't think he made too many mistakes uh, throwing the ball. Uh, he was very, very impactful rushing aside from that fumble that you mentioned, but still very, very impactful, even though he didn't carry the ball a whole lot of times. All of them were pretty good, a lot of chunk plays there. And I think he got a fantastic job of spreading the ball out in the few pass attempts he did have. I think this is kind of what you need when you have such a small pass attempt game from Lamar because you're not going to be able to throw it to one or two guys if you're throwing the ball only 10 times all game. You're going to have to spread the ball out because it's going to get very, very predictable if you do it that way. And he did a great job of that. He kind of went back to what we saw last week of him just dinking and dunking and just getting open guys short, getting the ball to open guys short. Didn't really attack the ball downfield, but it's because he didn't really need to. Uh, If he picked up his accuracy a little bit, didn't have that little relatively ugly fumble and take as many sacks as he did. It would have been a pretty good performance for me. But I think all those mistakes bring it down to about average. All right, moving on to the next one against Carolina coming out of the bye week. Um, I think the box score is a little bit mean to him at this one. Um, The interception that he threw, I didn't think was his fault. Um, And I think that he was actually, like aside from the sacks, playing a, a decently clean performance. They were... Ask, not asking him to push the ball down the field consistently. And he suffered from a number of drops. And so I think that his accuracy in this one was really, really good um, because of the way that they structured their offense. So overall, I thought this one was a decent performance, was okay in the run game. Um, and yeah, pretty clean performance aside from the sacks. Yeah, this was a really weird Lamar game to me because I honestly didn't think he was that impactful in the run game. I feel like he had one or two runs that were pretty good as well as the touchdown run that was obviously massive for this team but in general he was getting pretty locked up there so he really had to rely on his passing game to be impactful in this one and he honestly did a good job of that and I'll take I'll put the take this out the way immediately he obviously was very bad in like not taking sacks he took three again uh, off of not too much pressure I'd say and I think at this point, that's kind of what you got to expect out of Lamar. Uh, I don't really expect a clean game there. But aside from that, I also thought he was cl- he had a pretty clean game. That interception was pretty obviously not his fault. And I think outside from that, he didn't have an interceptable worthy play. He didn't even he didn't fumble the ball. So very clean in terms of making mistakes. And when you have that version of Lamar, it usually ends pretty well. And not only that, he was a lot more accurate than he was in most of his games. A lot of those incompletions came from drops or throwaways. And he finally was able to find get a good connection with a couple of his receivers. 
both him and Dem- uh, both Demarcus Robinson and Mark Andrews had get games because Lamar was consistently going to them while still spreading the ball out, getting it to all different types of guys. And I think we're starting to see this new version of Lamar that's not kind of a boomer bust player in the passing game where he's going to be super aggressive and go downfield, but he's going to be inaccurate. So you're going to get a couple of big chunk plays, kind of like we saw earlier in the year, but you're also going to get a lot of drop drops, a lot of missed throws. Uh, this version of Lamar, who's just actually sitting in the pocket a little bit, breaking down defenses, dinking and dunking, maybe attacking the intermediate range of the field from time to time. That version was little, very lethal, and when his run game is on point, it would have been a very, very good performance. But because his run game was a lot uh, lackluster compared to most of his performances, I'd say this was just a good game. All right, moving on to his next one, his last full game of the season. Um, the box score is lying in this one uh, because I thought Lamar was absolutely fantastic. So he does have a fumble in this one in the run game, uh, but he was aggressive, pushing the ball down the field um, very well uh, and consistently. Um, it's a fantastic throw, moving off his spot to Lamar, or, uh, to the right and then pushing it deep, deep down the field to Deshaun Jackson. One of the best throws of the season, honestly. Um, he was under pressure a ton, only took one sack. Um, and the, the receivers were really dropping a ton of passes in this one. Um, so that was the biggest issue for me in terms of the way the box score was lying. Um, but yeah, the explosive play generation in this one didn't have a turnover worthy play in the passing game. Um, just the one fumble in the run game, holding it back from being, uh, one of the better performances of the year, honestly, because of the way the receivers were dropping the ball. But, um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with the way he played in this one. Yeah, honestly, I absolutely agree. This was a masterclass of a back-and-forth performance between Lawrence and Jackson. And I honestly don't even think the box score lied that much because his box score looks pretty solid at this one. But yeah, I was just talking about how last week Lamar kind of transformed his game to be not the guy who's going to like go super aggressive, push the ball downfield, and live with the drops or all that but he went completely back on that this game and became the lights out uh attack you downfield Lamar that we know of that we saw in a couple of games earlier this year we saw it again one last time before he obviously got injured which was incredible but before I even jump into that I want to point out that he was incredible in this one at dealing with pressure only took one sack, and it didn't feel like he was under pressure for most of this game. I think in this one, he really, really utilized his ability to just run, uh, either scramble or just freeze defenders in their space and play make when, you know, when defensive linemen did break free and had a chance at Lamar. I really wish he continued to play this way consistently because, I can see he has it in him. Maybe he just doesn't have the IQ to use it consistently or use it at the right time. But he clearly has the ability to do so, and that's why we saw such a good performance out of him in this one. He was amazing in the rushing game once again. He was attacking the Jaguars' defense in pretty much outside runs, inside runs, a ton of scrambles that were real backbreakers for them. That was huge. And obviously the passing game, he was incredible. Uh, the 50% completion percentage is definitely lying because he was a lot more accurate than that. Uh, a lot of drops from receivers going downfield is kind of what caused 
his completion percentage to look that way. But aside from that, he was looking really, really good. He was super aggressive going downfield. Like PD mentioned, that 62-yard pass to Deshaun Jackson was incredible. I honestly didn't even think Lamar had that in his bag. But that was really good. And he was still pushing ball downfield with, like, touchdown passes to Josh Oliver. Mark Andrews had a pretty solid performance. Just overall, he was attacking and just really, really aggressive. And when you have an aggressive Lamar who's also running the ball well, it's going to end in a very, very good game for him. And unfortunately, it was his last game of the year, but I guess it was at least a good one to end off on. All right, so let's talk about the Denver game um, very briefly. So he only has seven dropbacks in this one. Um, Doesn't really do much, takes a couple of sacks, and on his second sack, he gets his knee driven into the ground, has a PCL injury, and he's out for the rest of the season. So um, back-to-back seasons that end with injury for Lamar. Um, And, yeah, pretty pretty rough way for his season to end. Um, And we'll get into Tyler Huntley, but if you have anything to add on Lamar, uh, feel free to do so. Yeah, not much more to add. Just all very, very disappointing. I mean, we saw, obviously, he did have a little bit of a tumultuous up-and-down season this year, but it did seem like towards the end there, he was kind of getting into a run. And as I said with Lamar, he's definitely a streaky type of quarterback. I mean, we saw the all-time peak of that streak in 2019 when everything was going for him, the offense was doing well, and you saw him be dominant, but then we see down stretches really affect him. And then when you have these injuries too, it just overall hinders his game and makes it makes him go further and further away from that 2019 season before we see another full, really good season of Lamar. Uh, it just sucks to see, but it is what it is. And I guess let's just get into Tyler Huntley. We'll spin back around on Lamar at the end. All right, so let's quickly speed run through Tyler Huntley. He's not the most interesting guy to look into. Yeah. Um, uh, so starting with this Denver game, it was pretty mediocre. Um, they didn't really ask him to do much. He was pretty uh, conservative, pushing the ball down the field. He was under a ton of pressure because of the strength of the Denver defense. Um, he does have one turnover-worthy play um, with the interception. Um, yeah, not, not a good performance um, as a passer. Um, was okay as a rusher, but like, yeah, not 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 the greatest performance here. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we're going to say about Tyler Huntley the rest of the year. Just like a quick overview on the way he plays. He's very different than Lamar because he's obviously has some like ability in the rushing game, but it's nowhere near as explosive and as good as Lamar in terms of being almost a running back in his vision, his ability to break tackles in the open field. Uh, but he is definitely one of those game manager types where he's going to be very, very accurate, but he's not going to make any throws that wow you, not going to make you any throws that essentially win you games because he doesn't have the biggest arm or the most arm talent. He's just going to dink and dunk, throw it safe and short, uh, kind of the way the Ravens want him to play, and that's how he did in this one. He was very accurate, but it's because all of his passes were really short, probably within 5 to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, all accurate, but didn't really put his 
uh, players in position for Yak a lot of the time. That's why he has so such few yards, and that's why this offense was so un- unsuccessful. And when you add an interception on top of that, as well as a couple of sacks, it's going to end up being a below-average performance because he's really not doing anything to make up for those mistakes uh, in the passing game. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, I'll group these next two performances together uh, because they're both bad. Um, he has one turnover-worthy play in each of them. One of them was a dropped interception in the Pittsburgh game. Um, and in the Cleveland game, it was an actual interception. doesn't really do anything in these two. Um, again, conservative line of scrimmage taking more pressure than he needs to. Um, the only difference is that in Pittsburgh game, they relied on him less. In the Cleveland game, they asked him to do more. So, yeah, that's that's the separator in this, these two. Yeah, I'll agree that he was bad in both. And you're right. The main thing, the main difference is in the Steelers game, they really didn't have him do much. I'm not even sure how Anthony Brown kind of came in the mix. I think it's because of how little Huntley was able to do. But yeah, that Ravens game, I guess you could say it was a relatively clean performance. I didn't have him have a interceptable pass but he did have a fumble which was quite costly but in the passing game he was just throwing it short and simple not really doing too much not really a playmaker and therefore it was a bad performance because he was also pretty unimpactful in the run game and in that Browns game he was asked to do a little bit more and as a result he looked even worse in the past game he was relatively inaccurate that interception was pretty bad he took a lot of sacks and a lot of pressure, way more than he should, because he's not like an incredible playmaker like Lamar, where he should be taking that much pressure in sacks. Uh, he was unimpactful in the rushing game once again, and his relatively conservative passing game makes this a bad performance. All right. For the next two against Atlanta and Pittsburgh, um, he's more average in these. He's generating some more explosive plays, but he still continues to have the turnover-worthy play problem. Um, with the fumble and dropped interception. Um, and then in the Pittsburgh game, he also has uh, an interception in this one where I thought it was his fault. So, um, yeah, not really doing too much, but he was able to make up for it with a couple of positive plays here and there to make it kind of more mediocre, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree that the Ravens game was quite an improvement. Uh, he got back to what we kind of expect out of Tyler Huntley in terms of not really taking a whole lot of sacks because he does have relatively good pocket presence. He kind of has a feel for that aspect of the game where he's going to be able to maneuver pressure and not take too much sacks. Uh, He also didn't have an interceptable pass in that game, at least in my opinion. Uh, But he did have a fumble that didn't end up getting lost. But still, uh, that's a big mistake on his part, especially because he wasn't really that impactful in the run game. Uh, but again, once again, in a passing game, they didn't ask him to do too much. He did try to go downfield a couple of times, uh, with two pretty good passes to Andrews and Sammy Watkins, but he didn't supplement that by being good in the intermediate range. And as a result, it was still overall very conservative passing game. And despite being very conservative, he was still pretty inaccurate. So for me, it's a mediocre game, definitely an improvement, but still not that good. And then that Steelers performance, once again, he's getting back to those mistakes. He's getting back to taking a lot of pressure. Uh, He only took one sack, but I felt like he was just under pressure a lot, which was an issue. Uh, Wasn't really impactful in the rushing game whatsoever. He did get back to his normal levels of accuracy, 
but still he was super, super conservative. Unlike the last game, he didn't try to attack downfield uh, or really in the intermediate range. He was just throwing it short, dumping it off, honestly just trying to get out of this game without making too many mistakes, but he still did with that pick. So to me, this, the previous game was about average. This, I'd say, was once again below average. All right, moving on to the final game of the season for the Ravens. Um, and in this wildcard game against the Bengals, Huntley was horrible. Um, there's no other way to, there's no way to sugarcoat this one for me. Um, it was very bad. He has a disastrous fumble six, um, has another interception in this one, which was very bad. Um, so as a rusher, that mistake was was incredibly horrible. Um, and then he also takes a couple of sacks, which I thought were his fault. So, um, yeah, yeah, he was able to generate um, some positive plays here and there, but those mistakes were pretty disastrous, especially the fumble. That was one of the more boneheaded plays of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The Bengals absolutely did not deserve to win this game. And it was because they're offensively, they were not playing well whatsoever. This Ravens defense was really locking up for a lot of this game. And the sole reason this game went the way it did was because of how bad Tyler Huntley was. And I want to emphasize how much we were robbed of possibly a really good game if Lamar Jackson was playing. It was really, really sad to see. But that fumble six he sad had, oh my God, that had to be one of the worst things I've ever seen a quarterback do this season. They were literally at the one about to score, and his fumble was picked up. It ran all the way back to a, for a touchdown, completely changed the way this game was going. I think each and every fan going into this game was expecting the Bengals to win. And when we saw the Ravens really put up a fight because how good they were defensively, people were rooting for the Ravens to win here. And that completely changed things. And not to mention, he also had a really, really ugly interception that completely screwed this team over. Once again, went back to that sack problem. He, for whatever reason, started developing this game where he was just constantly under pressure and two, took two pretty poor sacks. Uh, his accuracy, I'd say, looks a little bit better than it really was in real life because we saw a lot of good catches from guys like Mark Andrews and Demarcus Robinson kind of bailing him out. His ball placement was not the best in this one. Uh, in general, he was just pretty poor because even though he was attacking downfield aggressively, it was a lot of misses doing so. A lot of the yards that he's gotten that's kind of inflated his stats came from just yak. It was just an all-around good game for everybody else on this Ravens team aside from Tyler Huntley for the most part. And him selling them this game just really puts a sour taste in your mouth. Terrible game from him. All right. So let's start talking about um, the 2023 version of this team. Um, And Lamar and I guess Tyler Huntley a little bit. And they fit with the team and scheme. So um, the Ravens had obviously um, a change in offensive coordinator, bringing in Todd Munkin from Georgia. Um, and I really like Munkin. Um, I think his concepts of motion and his route concepts are really good. Um, and he, he's able to use um, or, or put defenders in conflict and, and aggressively push the ball down the field, adapt his offense to the type of quarterback that he has. Um, made Stetson Bennett look better than he was, in my opinion. 
Uh, and then in terms of um, the team, so J.K. Dobbins currently having a weird contract situation, um, but they added Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers. I do not think Odell has much left in the tank. Could be proven wrong, um, but after so many injuries at his age, um, I think he will end up as like the fourth best pass catcher on this team by the end of the season. Um, but of course, I love Mark Andrews. I think Bateman is a really good compliment, and I liked Zay Flowers a lot coming out of the draft. I think all three of those top guys are really good fits with Lamar, and in theory, Odell is a good fit with Lamar too. I just don't know what he has left in the tank. And then off the bench, I think in terms of their fit, Devin Duvernay and Nelson Aguilar are really good fits. Um, Lamar wants to go deep, and they also are deep pass catchers. Isaiah Likely was a decent player. Um, in the limited snaps that he got. So another nice uh, bench piece. And then James Rocher, um, whatever. He's just like a compliment guy. Um, And then I really like their offensive line as well. Um, All really good run blockers along the offensive line. Um, And with the development of Tyler Linderbaum as what we would call a generational center prospect, I think, um, just I think that they have a really good uh, scheme set up for Lamar to uh, run behind this offensive line um, and J.K. Dobbins, I guess, if he can get that contract situation sorted out. Um, and then bombs away uh, deep down the field, off play action and stuff like that. Um, there's been a little bit of buzz around training camp that they want to make this offense more pass heavy. Um, I don't know if I'd be totally in favor of that because of the way that this offensive line is kind of structured. But um, yeah, we'll see how, how they want to uh, look into the scheme there. Uh, in theory, with the way the team is set up and the way the offensive coordinator has maximized his personnel in the past, I think they'll figure it out. But um, if they want to make Lamar into a pure dropback quarterback, um, I think that's marginalizing some of his skill set. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, there are certain things there which I agreed with completely, and there's some things that I'm a little bit more skeptical on than you. Uh, but to get started on the personnel, I feel like we align eye-to-eye for the most part there. I think the running back room around him, guys like Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, they're all like not great backs aside from J.K. Dobbins does have upside to become a top half back in the NFL or even better He is very, very efficient with his carries and has always been very good uh, in that regard. But to be completely real, the main rushing weapon in this offense is always going to be Lamar. So you really just need guys that are going to be complementary to Lamar. And in the in the uh, situations where they use Lamar as a decoy or just need a the ground and pound game going and need some yards that way. They just need serviceable ba- backs to do that. And I feel that like this running back room does a great job of that. I do wish they either in the draft or maybe one of the marquee free agent running backs that are still floating around. I do wish they picked up one of those. Cause I feel like someone as dynamic as like a Dalvin cook or maybe like a fourth round running back, could have been a huge piece next to Lamar. Could have been someone who could take the uh, uh, take the reins from J.K. Dobbins a little bit. Who is very much injury prone, and we on if he goes down, this running back room goes down in uh, goes down in as good as they are tremendously, and it really puts all the rushing responsibility on Lamar. So I would have loved for them to go out and get another running back, but. You really just need serviceable running backs around Lamar. So I think it's solid. 
I think they did a fantastic job this uh, offseason of building around Lamar uh, in the receiving core because I think Zay Flowers is going to be really, really incredible. I'm really high on this guy. I think he's going to be the receiver one on this team pretty quickly. And there's plenty of great reviews of him from camp. So I think that's going to be great for Lamar because I really don't think he's had a wide receiver of this caliber on the team since he's come, uh, since he's been in uh, the NFL. So I'm really high on him. I think a healthier shot Bateman this year is also going to be very incredible. He looked good last year, and I think he fits in well with Lamar. A big body with the high catch radius that can kind of make up for Lamar's accuracy issues. He also gets open on a lot of quick routes like comebacks and whatnot that Lamar can get the ball out fast. I'm pretty much on the same boat with you with Odell as well. I think in in theory, their play styles fit really well. Odell obviously being a great route runner, someone really good after the catch. Should be able to hopefully get open enough for Lamar to dump it off to him and him get uh, make something happen after the catch. If we see a similar level of Odell like he was on the Rams, I think this would be a really good receiver three, receiver four kind of guy for them, but I don't know at this point with all the injuries if that's what we're going to get out of Odell. So I guess that's something to see later. I also like the fact that their depth pieces are guys who can kind of take the top off that defense, give Lamar that opportunity to be really aggressive and go downfield. Uh, I do wish they had one really elite playmaker on this offense to really pair with Lamar, but I think Zay Flowers could be that, and if he projects to be as good as he is, along with Mark Andrews obviously being one of the best tight ends in the league, I think this could be plenty of weapons for Lamar to cook something up in the passing game. And as far as the offensive line, I do feel like it's a little futile to have such a good offensive line with Lamar, because as we saw, he takes a lot of sacks, he bails on the pocket a lot, and honestly is not the best at just having a good pocket presence. And I really do think this offensive line is one of the best in the league. So I think it's a shame that they have it with a guy like Lamar who doesn't utilize it to the best of their abilities. But I am really high on a lot of these guys. I think Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum are both incredible at their position. And I think Zietler, Moses, and and Cleveland as well are all very, very good for their position. I would put above average for all of them. And I think this unit has played together enough to where they know what they're doing together. This is just a good unit all around. And I don't really expect even injuries to kind of ruin what they have going on and like PD mentioned this is a really really good run blocking unit as well and if they do kind of go in the direction which we expect of them still being a primarily rushing attack I think that offensive line is going to be great for that and if they do kind of want to make Lamar more of a pocket drop back passer and not really run the ball as much it may be somewhat concerning but I think Lindermom and Stanley are also incredible pass blockers and the other guys are very serviceable in that regard as well so I think in that regard it shouldn't be an issue uh to me the biggest room for concern is the hiring of Todd Monken because I think for a couple of years now we've had a Ravens offense that we know what to expect out of them they're going to be very run heavy they're going to come out in a lot of heavy packages a lot of big guys blockers on the field 
let Lamar cook for the most part, and then really utilize that play-action game uh, and getting the ball downfield. And it seems like Todd Monken has come in to kind of run a lot more personnel with more receivers on the field, less heavy packages, let Lamar drop back more, throw the ball. Maybe this is for the longevity of his career or something because he is obviously getting older, being 26, going into next year. But honestly, I don't think they have the personnel and skill set to play that kind of way. And that's why I'm a little bit hesitant on this Monken signing. I think in the previous stints he's had in the NFL with like the Bucks a few years ago or even the Browns in like with Baker. And then obviously he's had back to back national championship runs with uh, Stetson Bennett and uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I think pretty much all of that time he had guys who were primarily pocket passers and guys who are just gonna drop back be super aggressive and take a lot of risks a lot of those guys like Jameis Winston even Stetson Bennett even Baker to some degree took a lot of risky passes through a lot of interceptions and it was just the type of play style you use with someone who's not super athletically gifted uh but they do have that moxie and aggressiveness to attack defenses and he kind of combines those skill set for his offense. And kind of in camp, we've seen him kind of do that with Lamar. But I think Lamar is a completely different player. And I think Lamar has such a physical advantage in the rushing game and such a an advantage in terms of his vision in the run game and his ability to just beat defenders. I think you need to have those heavy packages in the run game that they've used for the last couple of years because that's just where that's Lamar's bread and butter. That's where he's most effective. And I think if you take that away from Lamar, he's going to be a lot less effective as a passer uh, because you won't have that threat of him just running at any moment teams are going to kind of compress. I just am not too sure on the path they're going moving forward because I really like the way Lamar has currently played. I think he just needs to be a little bit more careful in the way he takes hits and sure up his accuracy a bit. I would have rather gone there than kind of overhauling this offense and becoming making Lamar the guy who's going to drop back and throw maybe 30 to 40 times a game. Yeah, I do have concerns if they want to turn Lamar into a pure dropback passer, which, yeah, Todd Munkin has skewed closer to that in the past, but I think he's more adaptable personnel-wise. And I would say the 2019 Browns debacle is more Freddie Kitchens than him based on the evidence that we've got at Georgia. Um, I guess we'll we'll find out pretty much this year. All right, so let's get into um, the outcome projections, the juicy stuff. Um, and I'll start with Lamar. Um, so for the games that he's on the field – um, I think that he will be a Pro Bowl level quarterback right around that five to six range, um, solidly in that that tier. Um, and depending on how things fall, um, he could be in the 75th or 25th percentile outcomes. So 75th percentile outcomes, um, I could see him as like a four to five quarterback um, pushing into that uh, fringe MVP tier um, where he's at the top of the MVP polls week or in a few weeks uh, during the season. Um, or at the 25th percentile come if the roster fit isn't very good. Maybe they have some injuries. Um, he looks more like the ninth to 10th best quarterback um, in the league. And then even at even lower outcomes than that, um, he just has an off year. Um, underneath the 25th percentile outcome, I, I think he looks more like the 13th to 14th best quarterback in the league. Um, 
at his very, very worst. Um, and his, at his very, very highest, um, he maybe looks like, I don't know, the second to third best quarterback in the league. I think um, 2019, 2019 showed the very, very highest level outcome that he can reach um, probably ever. I don't know if he's ever going to reach 2019 again, um, but that's why that 100 percentile outcome is closer to 2019 than anything. Um, and I want to throw on top of the fact that like, he the injuries are the big scaling factor here. Um, if he's healthy, he can reach all of these spots that I mentioned. Um, but with his, the health issues that he's had in the past, um, it seems rather unlikely that he'll play the entire year um, and moreover be healthy the entire year. Um, so he probably won't reach any of the spots that I that I mentioned at his 50th percentile outcome. Um, but that's why he was on a per game basis and just knock those down a few spots if you want to look at what it will be realistically at those percentile outcomes. Um, and then Tyler Huntley, I think, is confined to a backup. Um, at his lower end outcome, he could be a fringe third stringer. I saw. I think the play that we saw last year was kind of bad. Um, and maybe he kind of gets back to um, his pre-2022 play, like in 2021, where he was um, pretty solid. Um, and he looks like one of the better backups in the league. But um, there's kind of a wide range of outcomes here for Tyler Huntley, but... Um, I think no matter what, he doesn't really look like a starter. Yeah, and one thing I want to touch on before I get into the my projections for next year, uh, I do hope that uh, Todd Monken is as adopt- uh, adaptable as you said. I think my main concern just comes from the fact that we haven't seen it yet, and I would have liked uh, for the Ravens to go with the guy who we have seen work with a quarterback like Lamar, kind of like how the Colts picked up Shane Steichen to coach up Anthony Richardson because of what they saw with Jalen Hurts. So that's my concern, but I'm hoping he is as adaptable as he has shown to be because two national championships in a row, even if it is with Georgia, is no joke when you have like someone like Stetson Bennett, who obviously isn't the most talented quarterback in the world. Uh, but to get into Lamar's projections, I feel a lot of the same way with you. I think We're both equally as high on Lamar Jackson as a player. It's really the injuries that hold him back. And to, uh, I think both of us, that's just what's going to take him away from reaching his best because we both kind of project him to miss three, four games at this point, because I mean, that's kind of what we've been accustomed to seeing from him these past couple of years. Uh, But to me in his 50th percentile outcome, I also have him as firmly a pro bowler. I think he has another incredible year like he had the last two years. Even though we pull a lot of strings about what he's done, he was still pretty firmly a pro bowler in both of our opinions, both of the last two seasons. He's still by far the most impactful rusher in the league. Uh, Despite his accuracy concerns or him running into sacks, he still makes some of the most uh, splash plays out of any quarterback in the league. And he's still make going to make a lot of those playmaking type of plays where he's running out of the pocket, hits someone. A lot of magical type of plays, honestly. He's probably going to have some of the most in the league. And I expect that to happen once again. So at the 50th percentile outcome, I have him towards that bottom tier of the Pro Bowl uh, level quarterback. So that's six to eight range because... On average, I do see him being really good, but those mistakes and the injuries are probably going to hold him back from being a top five caliber quarterback in his medium outcome because that's just kind of what we've seen out of him the last few years. Aside from that 2019 year, we really haven't seen him reach that 
high-level top five outcome. Now, in his high-level outcome, though, I do see him becoming like a quarterback in that three to five range because I do think if he continues to have the same level of rushing production and just cuts down a little bit of the mistakes, which he relatively can do this year because he's got a lot more talent on the team. A lot of people have said for years that just gives Lamar Jackson a real receiver and look at what he can do. And I think with the healthy Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers on the team, he may have two of them next year. So for that reason, I could definitely see him jump to that three to five range, play at a near MVP level, definitely not to the standards of his 2019 year, because I'll agree with you there, PD. I don't see him really matching that level of production, maybe even ever again, but I could see him having an MVP adjacent year by continuing all those splash plays, but because of an upgraded roster, he makes less mistakes. And in his low-end outcome, I could see him continue to make the same amount of mistakes, maybe even miss more games, maybe either due to injury or because a lot of the receivers they've brought in are unproven. The supporting cast around him simply isn't as good as we expect it to be. Because at the end of the day, it's not like they added, like, A.J. Brown onto the team. They added an unproven Zay Flowers. They added a Rashad Bateman, who at this point is relatively unproven as well. Uh, and he's been injured quite a bit for this team. So uh, it, it things could go wrong. And in his low-end outcome, I could see him being somewhere in that 9 to 12 range, you know, outside of the elite quarterback range. But even at his lowest, I don't see him being much lower than a pro bowler because he's just such an incredible playmaker and we've seen him at his best what he can do and he will almost certainly have games like that where he is at his best and going into what I expect out of Tyler Huntley I think after seeing him last year and the year prior in uh, the absence of Lamar I think he's pretty firmly one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league Uh, I don't think there's no there's no other way about it There's a reason that they're keeping him around, and I think he plays similar enough to Lamar where in the absence that's almost inevitable for Lamar to have in a couple of games, he will have good stints in that time. So for me, on his average level outcome, I I would see him being probably like a top 10 backup in the league. Uh, If Lamar misses a couple more games and he kind of gets into a rhythm more than he did last year, maybe he jumps to being a top backup to like a low end starter even. Uh, And if Lamar has that high end season and Tyler Huntley really doesn't get to play or in the sense he does play, he's as bad as some of those really bad games we talked about last year. I could see him falling to like a mid-level backup. All right, that'll be all from us in this one. Make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do on whatever platform that you're listening on. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at PD34 underscore and Real Rahul Potty 2. That'll be all from me. That'll be all from Potty. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Yep, peace out.